It's football time. Yes, week number 15 of the fantasy football season is here, and we're going to get you set for your playoffs with our start sits and sleepers on today's programs. It's the IBT podcast coming at you. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest, we sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never play. so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Feel Good Friday, December 15th, and we have action popping around the NFL, action popping around the fantasy football industry today. We'll certainly chat all about it. My name is Seth Wilcock, and today I am joined by a man who you might know as the founder of Pros with Joes, the founder of Green Screens Media, a dude who works with Bob Harris, Des Bryant, just to name a couple. He's the big deal, Eric Romoff. What's up, Eric? How are we feeling as another crazy week of the NFL begins? Man, the fantasy playoffs are officially here. If you're in a league where the fantasy playoffs haven't started yet, I'm sorry, this show is not for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're welcome. But look, like the 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 week 15, like fantasy playoff kickoff part of the season is so incredibly exciting, right? Like yeah. we work all off season long to try to like cultivate these rankings and these opinions on the, on all of our, on, on all of the player pool. We then, you know, try to draft and execute. We're working waivers and it just kind of coming to this culmination is, is so exciting and rewarding. And then to make it like all the weirder, there are so many hobbled teams that are in the playoffs oh. right now. Like Every single playoff bracket in almost every fantasy league out there is completely wide open. And that's like super fun. You usually don't see that. Yeah, I, I, I think a couple of weeks ago, my teams felt very differently than they do right now. Yeah, and even after last night, there's a little bit of shakeup, man. Like, I mean, who would have fucking thought heading into Thursday night football that Austin Eckler is going to be the big disappointment and everyone else in that game is going to go off. So we'll certainly chat all about that today. Eric, uh, let people know what we have coming here on today's program. Yeah, so we're going to jump into front and center. That is our Thursday night football recap. Talk about a ridiculous game to, to kick off week yeah. 15. Then we're cruising on into matchup management with our uh, with our esteemed guest, fantasy nerd boy, Mike. Going to be answering your questions, so get those into the comments now. And then, as always, we'll close it out with short things, sleepers of the week. Going a little bit deeper down the rankings this week with our friend Adam from South Harmon Fantasy Football. Awesome. And uh, before we jump in, I just want to get to a little bit of housekeeping, some some company news here to share. First of all, I discovered caffeine last night. I had never been a caffeine no. guy. I uh, Yes, th this entire company, everything you see, Eric, has been built caffeine free. 
And uh, I had a Celsius last night for the first time, about 1 a.m. You're going Ooh, in hot. I, I'm still You're feeling it. You're not sticking your toe in the water, dude. You're diving straight in. Is that what the, is that what this thing is? Is this just a, a full-on jump in? Yeah, yeah, you're you're in. There's, you're honestly, you're probably addicted. You're gonna go. You're gonna start <laughs> going through withdrawals in about two hours. I can feel it. I can feel it already creeping in a little bit. But no, it's crazy. I've I've never been a caffeine guy, and I just jumped in head first last night. So a uh, lo- lot more production coming from this kid here in the near future. Um, also, want to shout out the IBT family. I see we got some IBT family members already in the chat. What's up, Albert? Good to see you today, man. Thanks so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Um, I wanted to let you guys know because our success is your guys' success as well. And the site's been blowing up the last couple of days so much that the last two days we've had more site clicks than we did all of August 2022. So just like 16 months ago. That kind of shows a little bit of the growth we're seeing right now. It's because of you guys not only here on YouTube subscribing, checking out all the content that we have in video form, but also over there at the website and all the written content we have as well. So, uh, Eric, it was a it was a you know a great couple of days for us here, and I'm excited to to ride this wave of momentum here into the new year. Yeah, it's it's super cool to see this continue to to build, right? And I I think what's what's particularly interesting and unique about it is. Obviously, like the fantasy football content and information that we're putting out there is still crushing it, but expanding those wings a little bit, right? Talking about um, some some movie and show reviews, talking about the fantasy industry a little bit more, right? Kind of kind of giving you some more of that outside the box material really seems to be what's uh, what's clicking here lately. So we we love to see that, and we love to hear from you guys. If there's anything you want to hear us write, or I guess see us write about, yeah. let us know in the comments. Let us know uh, on the posts that we put on Twitter, right? We we love hearing. The type of things that you would like to learn a little bit more about 100 and i wanted to shout out a story we have up there today as well that is talking a little bit about the fantasy football industry and basically it's a story of this group called sportstopia that got absolutely screwed over by pretty much a business tycoon who's dipping his toes in nfts crypto like you name it this was kind of just his latest victim and we have a bunch of people who got hoodwinked out of over sixty thousand dollars combined so um terrible to see that like that just it was one that hit so hard eric that i didn't even write starts and sits for that column i just left it at as as is because there was no football i could honestly transition to after after hearing that and you know how it's affecting kids just graduating from college can't pay for their fucking rent now because of this guy and like kids who have families and the holidays are coming up so it's it's a really big bummer um i want to go ahead and put the gofundme link in the chat uh, if you guys can check it out, if any of you guys have the resources and are able to donate just a little bit, anything really helps um, help these guys kind of through the holidays in this tough time. But Eric, uh, crazy, crazy situation that kind of happened here to a lot of people we've had on this very program. Yeah, it's it's wild. And, and un- unfortunately, it's uh, it's not on an island onto itself. Right. There are a lot of situations like this through the fantasy industry, through content creation in general, where People are putting in countless hours and really pouring themselves into creating content. And you know, by hook or by crook, by one means or another, the you know the other end of the bargain isn't isn't met, right? So definitely one that that hit close to home. Definitely a a, a super insightful look behind the curtain yeah. of how all this comes together. Um, and and like you mentioned, right there there are people that were you know banking on this compensation to pay their rent, to fund their Christmas shopping, whatever it might be, right? So. That GoFundMe is in the chat. 
give a little, give a lot, like wh- whatever you can legitimately not notice. Post it on Twitter. Like, like post it on Twitter. If you can't donate, like post it on Twitter. You know what I mean? Just like get the word out sure. about it. Yeah. 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 Sharing of your voice and sharing of your platform is just as important as sharing of your money. Yeah. So we're, we're going to bring that up. But guys, that is for that Sportstopia group who got absolutely fucked over by this business tycoon guy. Like he's living in his gated c- community in old rich white while, you know, young creators, guys who are doing guys and gals who are doing it the right way uh, are kind of getting screwed over here. So let's come together. Let's help them and uh, appreciate this industry. It's a privilege to be in this industry and, and not a right. So we don't want assholes like that for sure in it. Um, but Eric, let's go ahead. Let's move forward in the show. Let's get to the Thursday night football recap here in front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place? Just have some fun. Ain't gotta worry about not what it means. Come and give me another cause the night is young At least I so thought This just in Breaking news Front and center all right, we're a little bit behind the hammer today after some uh, rants early on. So I want to bring our guest in now. He is a new friend of the program. His name is Mike. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at NerdBoyTakes. I believe he is uh, from Massachusetts. So uh, potential mass hole up there. Mike, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. I am a mass hole. Um, I am unfortunately a avid Patriots fan. I mean, okay. it was fortunate for a long time and now yeah. it's not so fortunate. So um, I am, I'm actually kind of happy to see a rebuild, to be honest with you. I, I want to see that. I haven't seen it in my lifetime. So yeah. um, I'm probably in the 1% of people that actually are excited to, to rebuild their fantasy or their actual NFL team. There we so. go. There we go. And Eric, there's been some bombs up there in New England this week, man. Like it's unreal what we're seeing. I, I, you know, reliable reporters too. It's like Tommy Curran is a guy when he puts out something about the New England Patriots, you usually need to stop and listen because usually pretty dialed in, but doing it for, you know, two plus decades now. W- w- what do you think about the whole Bill Belichick situation here, Eric? Yeah, it's it's always tricky whenever there's conflicting reporting out there. And I think it's just kind of like the state of media relations in today's sure. world, right? Like yeah. just deny your way through everything and <laughs> blur the lines between true yeah. truth and, and editorialization, right? So it's I mean it's hard to say, but the the thing that I, I tend to err on the side of is is exactly what you mentioned, right? Like there there are reporters and journalists out there who have you know built a reputation over years and decades and are you yeah. know generally very accurate and that that tends to be where i i put my faith what about you mike how, how do you feel about the situation being so you know dialed in up there in, in the massachusetts area um i mean it it's always just the the media is a monster out here and it's a big market media and that's just how it goes like they run with something and then They've also, they've forced the hand of teams at times just by running with something for yeah. an extended period of time. Um, so you see it in New York, you see it in big market teams like that, where it's not that different in Boston, where you know this team is new in the Patriots, but you're getting media from all the Northeast. So it's like if a big market um, like Tommy Curran or, or anybody yeah. for that matter, NBC Sports or whatever, runs something, then I, you're going to hear it everywhere. And um, that's just the nature of the game, to be honest. So it's just it's something I'm used to. 
there's nothing to do up here in the northeast this time of year too it's cold as fuck so everyone's just watching sports listening to sports talk all day long so i'm 100 with you guys there let's talk about this thursday night football game quickly Chargers 21 raiders 63 this had to be probably the most bizarre game i've ever seen started this one late like i usually do about 10 minutes late and it was already a bonanza um i could not believe what we saw here from the Chargers, they just seem to kind of lay their swords down for Brandon Staley and said, you know, hey, we're, we're good. It's been a good run. And uh, shout out to him for how he handled himself in the media afterwards. Like he was getting absolutely crushed in that that interview. And I felt bad for him. Um, Eric, how, how do you feel about it? Just all said and done from a, a non-fantasy perspective, what we saw last night on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely wild, right? Like nobody would have projected this game to to go this way. Uh, nobody did, right? I, I don't care if people are claiming that they saw this one coming. Um, the the I guess kind of the macro takeaways, um, obviously Brandon Staley is now done as the head man for the Chargers. Uh, many people are saying this has been a long time coming, right? He is he has uh, largely had this team underperform relative to the talent of their roster. But the the other the other story for me, like, we, we got to talk about Antonio Pierce, right? This is actually two times in very recent memory where it, it feels like the Raiders have really caught lightning in a bottle with their interim head coach. I hope this type of performance is something that, you know, justifies him getting a longer look for the full-time gig when we head into next year. But yeah, the the, the coaching, the coaching storylines on both sides are, are the ones that really jump out for me. Yeah, I, I love it. And it's so interesting, I think, when looking at the Raiders here, like, is this a, a real deal? Is this something we could see moving forward, Mike, do you think? Or do you think this was just kind of like you're catching the Chargers on an off night and there was really no defense to show for and just the turnovers led to some really short fields as well? Yeah, I don't want to take away from the success of the Raiders. I think they look great last night. But I also think that from a team's perspective, you're never going to hear – a team say that they didn't try, but you saw that last night. We know that the Chargers don't have a good defense, but you could really see that that team got together before the game and said, "We're not gonna, we're not gonna play for this guy anymore, and we're not gonna do it, and yeah. we're gonna get blown out." And I honestly think that's that's the case. I know that that's kind of like conspiracy theorist based, but like realistically, like that team didn't show up for a reason. You know, they don't want to play for Staley anymore. Um, they they probably said, all right, we don't have Herbert anymore. And at this point in time, what are we playing for? So let's let's play for a new coach, somebody that we can actually, you know, rally for and and you know, go to war with because I don't think they've yeah. been feeling that way with Staley for a long time. And they might have actually viewed it as an opportunity to get rid of him. So um I think the Raiders are good. I don't think they're by any means a playoff team. Right. Uh, from like you know a, a a talent standard like i think aoc is great but he's not going to be that playoff warrior that um they probably need to overcome i mean their defense is great but they have too many holes and it's just you know there's there's a lot of work to be done but i like the the base that they have right now let's talk about the the thursday night football winners from a fantasy perspective real quick gentlemen and Obviously, we we know that the big winners are the managers who were kind of risky in this one. They went out and they probably played the Raiders defense, 25 points for them. Uh, Zamir White had a pretty nice game as well, 17.5 PPR points for him in relief of Josh Jacobs. Devontae Adams came through. I, I felt really bad. I gave a, a buddy some bad start sit advice. I told him to sit Adams going into that one. Luckily, he went against my advice anyway, so no harm, no foul. But Eric, is there any like sustained 
winners you think that like you can trust a little bit more moving down the pike and because the only one for me that it's like I think rose in value at all at least from a redraft perspective was Zamir White like you kind of feel like you can bank on him a little bit more at least as a plug and play until Jacobs is back yeah I, I think that's probably the the biggest one right um and the the thing with him is is just how heavily they they leaned on him right like yeah Jacobs value is is rooted in the volume that he gets and Zamir White especially in the first you know two two and a half quarters of this game got the vast majority of that opportunity right on the game he was north of 70 percent opportunity share so that's exactly what you're looking for in terms of a handcuff um you know I mean other things of note right like um we we saw Isaiah Spiller get a lot more work granted in mop-up time than Joshua Kelly probably an indication that you know he's he is going to be the the number two down the street. They got to see what it, they have in him. They, they've had him around yeah. for a couple of years and they, now. They and... know. I mean, at this point, you know what you have in Kelly. Like he's gotten plenty of auditions. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Um, so you know something something to note there. If you are an Austin Eckler manager, um, Spiller might be the preferred handcuff in that regard. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, a- AOC. I, I I agree with Mike. I don't think he's like a, a playoff caliber quarterback, but. I mean, he he showed in this game, like in the right situations, he he made some some really good reads and some you know gave some pretty nice balls. I I think that he can at least keep this offense moving in like a negative or excuse me a neutral or kind of plus matchup down the stretch. And look, they've they've got some talented skill pieces, right? So you know, I I would imagine a lot of your concern in telling your friend not to start Devonte is just you know the overall <laughs> yeah. state of the offense. And I I think you know we can at least quell some of that concern based on on what we saw from these guys last night yeah 100 man a- aoc back when he was at purdue was always kind of a scary guy to go in a game against because he would get real hot especially against penn state a couple mm-hmm. times a year that you know the, the guy can sling it around the, the yard a little bit so it was good to see that mike last thing i want to talk touch on this game austin eckler like do you just keep keep taking the the, the beatings if you keep moving forward with him on your team because I mean, it's just been it, it's been bad, man. Like last week, we kind of got the the big blow up bounce back performance, like we wanted to, but three out of the last four have not been pretty. Yeah, if you're gonna survive this week with Austin Eckler moving forward, I don't know how much you can trust him because I think they are gonna dive more into their backups and and with a lost season that they have right now. Um, I think with Herbert, there was still that he's gonna play with Herbert because they're. They're like hand in hand. They're good friends. And um, he's going to just get that time with him. But with him out, I don't think they really have any desire. I think what he's he's a free agent after this year. And um, they might just let him kind of fade off into the oblivion and then see what they have to replace him. Because um, I, I don't think you can play him. You know, I don't think. And if I make it past this round with with Eckler, it's it's he's going to be on my bench at this point in time. I love Eckler, but the floor there is too low to to actually rely on week to week for me. Mike's cutting the cord, Eric. He's cutting the cord. Are you doing it too? And also, did you play him against me yesterday in our uh, championship matchup? Uh, technically, he's in there because it is a best ball format, right? So he's yeah. one of the few people to have points. Good. Um, Good sh- shout out to Austin Eckler, noted fantasy football player and <laughs> analyst. You could tell down that down the stretch of that game, he was trying to do whatever he could for his fantasy managers they were down 50 and he was like celebrating first downs. <laughs> yeah basically like each of the the last like three touches that he got he went over 10 yards right so like 
obviously 7.8 isn't what you want out of out of Austin Eckler, but like he really grinded to try to at least get something on the board. I, I think Mike's point is is pretty spot on. And and just the nature of of this fantasy football season, if you have Austin Eckler and you made it to the playoffs, you probably have some better options, right? So a lot of the remaining teams as we turn the page to next week are probably going to be moving into the bench. There, there are a few spots where I'll be doing the same. Um, you know, we'll see what the rest of the week brings, right? Getting getting through any given week healthy is proved proved to be a bit tough. Yeah. But I mean, if you're in the playoffs with Eckler on your roster, I'm assuming that you're going to have two to three better options than him. Bills and Chargers, or uh, Bills and Broncos coming up next for the Chargers. So not the worst matchups, but yeah, I, I don't blame you guys. I don't have any Eckler anywhere, but I'm seeing a lot of teams kind of struggling with him who, who were just doing great earlier in the season. So uh, let's go ahead and get to the people's questions here in matchup management. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it going to be? All right, before we get to start sits and uh, kind of evaluating the slate overall, Mike, I got to ask you, have you been to any Pats games this season? And what are the vibes like around it? Like, is everyone just like, because the media is making out to be like, no one's going to the games. Like, just, you know, season's lost. It's over. Yeah, I usually try to make it to three to four games a year. But this year is the first year I have two kids. And two kids okay. makes it very difficult to be yeah, getting out on Sundays, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, not unfortunately, but yeah, there's not a lot of it. it I can't take a, a one-year-old to uh, a football game quite yet. Maybe maybe in a couple of years it's going to happen. But um, it's it's tough to do those day excursions. Um how the talk is for media at this point. There's still a crazy buzz and tailgating and um, not going with that new stadium and everything around it. Like people yeah. go there for the experience more than the actual team itself. Yeah, no, makes makes hundred uh, percent sense. There, same kind of down here in Pittsburgh as well. And no one goes to games down in Houston, uh, Eric. Sorry, sorry about that one. That one's true. Not I think that true. is true. Uh, Bulls that's... on parade, man. That stadium is juiced <laughs> every week. Let's talk about this slate, though, guys, because it is an interesting one, interesting one, honestly, like a lot of low totals out there this week that like you kind of like if we had better matchups, you'd kind of want to avoid a couple of them. Mike, is there one that comes to mind that you're like, man, I just don't really want to start any fantasy players. I'm not going to be targeting this game in DFS or any over props like like I'm just kind of out on that or in on it uh, looking at this week 15 lineup. Oh, I think we. Oh, hold on, Eric. Are you? Did you lose Mike too? Yeah, Mike. It sounds like we're not getting your audio. We see you moving though. We're gonna we're gonna take Mike Mike out. Mike, if you want to refresh your uh, your feed and maybe try to come back in with us, uh, technology is a son of a bitch. Um, Eric, looking at the slate though, how are you feeling about it? There's only one that I'm like totally. I don't want any part of. And I think that's that Falcons Carolina game. That one really is not not appealing to me at all. It's a real low over under. I think about thirty four and a half at most most books, if not lower. Um, and Falcons just don't play that good away from Atlanta, away from that dome. Um, so I'm kind of scared. Carolina's defense just somehow is not totally terrible. Yeah, Carolina's defense has been better against the pass part of that is volume right like teams don't have to pass on them all that often so their counting stats look good but also their their secondary credit to them has improved over the course of the season right this was a a, a backfield that we were beating up on over 
the the first half of the year, and they've they've gotten incrementally better, right? So, uh, tend to agree it's the lowest total on the board, thirty three and a half. Um, for me, the game I wanted to avoid was probably the one last night, at least if you asked me 24 <laughs> yeah. hours ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, football, football can football on any given week. Um, this one, it, it might be personal bias. I don't want anything to do with this Titans Texans game. Uh, we're going to be without CJ Stroud really? and okay. Nico Collins. Okay. We already have tank Dell on the shelf. The Texans secondary is missing several key points. Obviously, you know, the, the Titans, exploded in the last three minutes of the Monday night game to put up an all-timer, but that's been the exception for them, right? They've been much more of a grinded out kind of team. I think in, in this environment at home, you know, I, I, I mean, they, they wouldn't mind winning nine to six. Right. And I think we're going to see a real low scoring kind of Mike Frabel slugfest special uh, in, in this game with my Texans that are going to creep further away from playoff contention this week. I think there could be just a little bit of value. I'll talk about my sleeper later. Uh, it is from that game, but I am with you. It, we, we could see a low scoring one there uh, with Dougie Davis Mills back under center. Uh, let's get some questions here in the chat. Uh, and, th- and then we'll turn back over our start sits if we don't have any more coming in here. Um, we got Albert, Zay Flowers or Rashi Rice, full PPR. Dude, it's so hard to sit Rashi Rice right now. Like the target volume, he's finally a full-time player, played over 80% of snaps last week for the first time in his career. So it's really, really hard to get away from that. I know the Patriots are a really tough matchup on paper, Eric, but this just feels like a get-right spot for me. Like I I think there's a lot of shit going on in New England up there. We, we, we touched on it a little bit there with uh, our, our mass old friend, Mike. I, I just think the Chiefs are going to come out blazing here and, don't get me wrong. I, I I don't mind Zay Flowers. It's been good to finally see the ceiling. It's a great matchup against Jacksonville as well. So so do you go Zay because of the matchup, or do you do you go narrative treat where I'm going with uh, Rashi? I go I go the Zay side because of the matchup. Um, both both are fine plays. Uh, they are three spots apart on my rankings, right? So uh, both of them are are in wide wide receiver two territory. Um, the the thing for me is is really Zay Flowers' role. Since Mark Andrews went down, he's got a 31% target share, which is just bananas. I think he's first or second in the league in average cushion, basically how much room the opposing secondary is giving him on every given uh, every given route that he runs. So he can do a lot. The matchup against Jacksonville, they're they're a true blue pass funnel. The the thing that you know really splits the difference for me is. There are several different ways that the Chiefs can come out and boat race the the Patriots yeah. this week. So if, if it doesn't happen early for Rashi Rice, even though you know he projects to be on the field a ton, I, I think that there, you know, that that's just enough of a limiting factor to put me on the Zay side in a game that I think will be competitive throughout. Yeah, the weather's gonna be better in Jacksonville too. Like this is kind of a time of year as well. I want to be a little more uh, conservative with with you know who I'm putting in for weather games. It didn't really matter last week. You know, we saw Baltimore and and uh, the Rams kind of go after one another in, in the the rain there in Baltimore. But yeah, weather too. I I think you might be taking talking me into flowers. I think he's probably just a little bit safer. Come on in. I, come on in i love watching rashi rice though i love i love how they it's get this the love yeah yeah electric and, and i love that they they're finally figuring out like hey we can't trust Kadarius tony we mm-hmm. can't trust 
you know, all these other scrub wide receivers. Sky Moore can't get open. Does you Kadarius Tony see the field this week? Like, there's no way they put him back out there, right? Dude, they probably do because they're just stubborn as shit, and they gave up what a third, third or fourth rounder for him last year. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I hope not. The, dude. the fact that all of this was born of Kadarius Tony is just like perfection. I can't believe that this is real life. <laughs> yeah. Albert, I want to know who else you have in your lineup here that, that uh, you're sitting rice because this is a good lineup. Yeah, good too. yeah, yeah. Good good question there, man. If there's anything else we can help you with, Albert, let us know, buddy. Uh, Dylan, yo, yo, what up? Hey, Made yo. the playoffs answering questions. Yes, we are. Yes, Tough he. opponent this week. Had a nice start with Raiders D. All right, bud. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, and opponent had Charters D. Wow. Okay. But st- <laughs> the guy still has Tyreek, Amon Ra. Alvin Kamara, Rashad White. Okay, okay. Let us know, Dylan. How can we help you, man? Put put your questions. Yeah, man. In the drop chat. those questions, dude. What a what a wild Thursday night game for Dylan. The two defenses just trading haymakers all night. What did Chargers <laughs> D end up with? Like they were like negative five last time I I checked them. I I don't know what I'm. I guess I'll get a number on it now. But I mean, could you, Matt? I almost started them a couple places. Okay, they are negative yeah. five. I don't negative know if that three is what I see. Okay, is that is that the? I wonder if that's almost the max on some platforms that you can be negative. But, dude, talk about like a swing though. That's like a thirty point swing, Dylan. So, congrats to you, man. Like, I hope you had a you know a beer, a rip, whatever your uh, vice is last night, and and yeah. enjoyed it. That that was probably a good one for you. Um, for starters, we think Tyreek will play. Uh, I know he's going for the record. No practice all week. Listed as questionable. Should beat Jets this week and have a tough schedule, and they need the win. So I will say, man, like I, I did a little bit of freelance work for an injury analysis. One of the Twitter doctors, you know, and love, but I am not a Twitter doctor. I it's really hard to, to make sometimes assumptions on these for sure. Um, but Eric, we see with these veterans a lot of times, DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, they're kind of the, the token for this. Like, hey, I, I don't need to touch the practice field all week and I'm going to go out there. And I'm I'm going to play. But is always a little bit of re-injury risk. I think sometimes with these uh, ankle sprains, we saw earlier in the season with Travis Kelsey a lot, kind of coming in and out of games. But that being said, if Tyreek's active, you're playing him. But do you think he's going to play just reading reports right now? Yeah, so um, I am a Twitter doctor. I have numerous degrees and leather-bound books (laughs) sitting on this shelf behind me. Um, No, I'm I'm not. And you should not take medical nor financial advice from me. to your first question, yes, if Tyreek is playing, you play him, right? Like they're they're not going to 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 run the risk of putting him out there if they don't think he is healthy enough to to play a full game, and the the risk of re injury is is low enough. Yeah, um, I am frantically scrolling because I saw a, an alert earlier today stating that um, that Mike McDaniel is going to check in with Tyreek Hill before okay. the game. Okay. to see if if he's confident enough to play. So the, the, it sounds like he's a legitimate game time decision. The fact that we're hearing that now, uh you know, early on Friday before Friday practice even, um you know, that's that's a little bit of cause for concern, right? Usually if they if they don't know or if there's cause for optimism, they just kind of don't say anything. And the fact that they're already giving us some insight that it's going to be a true game time call probably puts me a bit more on the pessimistic side but ultimately i mean it's it's an early game on sunday if if he's playing you're you're gonna click the button right yeah and i just think you have to adjust expectations i don't think Mm -hmm. there'll be as much lateral quickness he could still get hit on a deep shot and you know get you 20 ppr points but i think the ceiling's just a little bit smaller or a little bit lower 
on him this week. We should keep that in mind. And uh, it was crazy, Eric. Going into that Monday night matchup, I needed one of my opponents to beat another person in my league just so I would get the first round by. They had Tyreek. They had Tua. They had Derrick Henry, Jaden Reed going, Ooh. but they were down a ton. You were feeling good before kickoff. I was, and then Tyreek Hill goes down. So I, I rode the wave. I rode the wave, Dylan. I was rooting you know, for Tyreek Hill for an opponent last week. So I rode the wave there with you. Good luck on that one. Uh, Dylan's saying uh, a few years for sure. So, uh, no, that's that, that's good. I'm glad you celebrate. Uh, hopefully it, it continues in the weekend. Eric, let's go ahead. Let's uh, let's just shift into short things, sleepers of the week. I know Dylan has some more questions for us, but I think our next guest is lined up and ready to go as well. So let's get him on any other questions anyone else has because dude's got a big fucking brain, so we need to hear from Let's jump into it with uh, short things, sleepers of the week. It's the short thing, sleepers of the week. All right, you know him and you love him. He's the founder of South Harmon Fantasy Football, uh, leader of the shitheads. Dude's got a a deep, raspy voice and a dope-ass beard every time he comes on here. What's up, Adam? Thanks for joining us, man. (laughs) What's going on, man? How are you guys doing today? Dude, vibes are high. I just discovered caffeine last night. I had my first Celsius, so I'm like still fucking buzzing. Wait, hope. I've been coming on this guy's show with a Red Bull every time. Celsius, what's going on? That's good. That's a good energy drink. But uh, that's really your first time you had caffeine for real, dude. Like and I, I don't. I think drink. he's lying. You're, I don't. You put, you put I, on a front. You're capping. You're capping. Maybe hot right. chocolate. I, I don't like coffee. Kind of makes me shit hot my pants chocolate. a little bit. And I don't like energy drinks usually. I thought the Celsius was kind of a nice. Like I didn't even think it was an energy drink. I thought it was more like a you know a little seltzer. But I went for a like a Capri ride, Sun or so. something, my guy. Yeah. yeah. I love this, man. I love this. Let's get this guy some caffeine. I mean, you see all this natural energy. Imagine we get this guy a little hopped up sometimes, you know? That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm uh, Yeah, so. Fast, fast forward 12 months and Seth is just completely wired 24-7. <laughs> man, wait. watch. He's going to be a ball of energy 24-7. <laughs> exactly. I'm excited for it. How are vibes for you, Mike, and uh, the shitheads over there as we head into week number 15? <clears throat> Really good, man. Uh, the playoffs are here. Everybody that's in the playoffs feels really good. Um, even after Thursday, whether the crazy part about Thursday's game is you're thinking, okay, Aiden O'Connell, you know, you got Easton Stick, and <laughs> yeah. we get almost 100 points put on the board, man. I mean, it's regardless, uh, everyone feels good until they go out of their matchup. So right now, vibes are high, man. But the uh, there, there's some pretty surprise um, performances, at least early in the playoff picture here. Dude, and sometimes we get that down the stretch here. And it's something to keep in mind. We kind of have to ride these little bit of waves. Like Jarrett McKinnon, he was a league winner last year. Like there's always these guys who are going to pop up. And speaking of McKinnon in that Kansas City backfield, before yeah. we get some more questions here, Adam, we kind of broke it down last week, I thought, pretty good. We we just got news Isaiah Pacheco is going to be out again. Are you willing to fire up Clyde Edwards-Alaire again? He got you about eight PPR points last week. And Jarrett McKinnon uh, got you the touchdown. Clyde's going to get a little bit more of the volume. We know that, but there's probably a little more touchdown equity there with McKinnon. How do you view him? Yeah, I, I think um, I if personally, if I needed either one, I don't I don't have a problem starting either one of them. They're playing in New England. I, you've seen McKinnon have these crazy, crazy weeks. Uh, CEH feels more like a floor play to me. Um, and while I say that, we could be w- looking at a game where Kansas City ends up getting ahead and he scores two rushing touchdowns. So, um I, I'm, I'm going to say I don't feel like particularly great about either okay. one. But if I had a team that needed like a little bit of running back help or flex help and I had to play one of them, I wouldn't be mad about it at all. 
we've seen both Jet McKinnon and uh, CH have weeks before. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Eric, a- any digression from you? Are you kind of like right on that same line there with, with Adam? Yeah, in, uh, almost in, in perfect lockstep, right? Like if, if you need them, they're, they're fine to fill in, right? Um, I think we talked about it a bit on, on Tuesday's show. Um, but I was, I was surprised that they, they actually both saw an equal number of targets. Um, you know, that's, that's, that would kind of put me over the edge to lean towards CEH. Um, you know, if, I mean, there might not be a, a ton of need to throw to the running backs out of the backfield in this one. Um, and there, there were a couple of times in that game where he was, you know, either a, a toenail away from breaking one. There's yeah. a point where he, he was cooking on a drive and he like ripped his pants open and they take him <laughs> yeah. out, right? Like, um, yeah. I, I, I feel better about CEH this week than I have in a long okay. time, but that only puts him in like desperation flex territory, but he would be the one of the two for me to that point. Fair, fair enough. Yep. Adam, you have some time for some questions before we jump of in course, our sleepers? Man. Of course, man. I'm, I'm on your guys' time. You tell me. Appreciate it, man. Here we got Dylan. Uh, he's got Likely against Jacksonville or McBride against San Francisco uh, in a vacuum. Like it's really hard to get away from McBride. I feel like here, Adam. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Um, Isaiah Likely actually, the volume has been um, better. But if you just think back to the last game, there was um, you know kind of a broken play touchdown that really yeah. made his day so great. And it's not that I won't play likely, but a guy like McBride, I know San Francisco's defense is very good. I'm just not going to overthink this one, though, you know? Yeah. Yep. I, I, I'm with you. Don't get cute there, Dylan, in that one. Other part of his question here, Eric, uh, start two running back, two wide receiver, one flex, James Cook, uh, Joe Mixon, Tony Pollard, Stephon Diggs, Brian Ayuk, Marquise Brown, and Jaden Reed. Nice little fucking squad here again for Dylan, dude. Like, I feel like the listeners of this program and people, you know, who just even if they're new listeners, they always have fucking squads. So, how how do you shake this one out here uh, from really a loaded lineup here for Dylan? Yeah, so Diggs and Ayuk are the wide receivers, right? That's the that's the easy part. Uh, running back, man, that's that's a little trickier. Um, I would I would lean towards Pollard and Mixon here. I think Cook probably has. It's probably more of the the upside play, but you know when we're setting a full roster, uh, I, I tend to go towards my rankings, which are a little bit more conservative in nature. Um, and then for flex, actually, let's 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 make it a clean sweep. I'll I'll go with uh, with Cook in the in the flex, so that way you're getting the running right. back in that spot. You're getting a little bit of the upside in there too. There you go. That's exactly what I would do. Exactly what I would do. <clears throat> I have a hard time sitting any of the running backs. Yeah, <clears throat> I like Jaden Reed, right? But he, he's had some upside too, but he's not as uh, sure thing. So I'm going to just play all running backs. Yeah. I love the matchup for Jaden Reed this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like w- we've seen some high flying offenses go off against them, but Jaden Reed a little bit banged up coming into this week. And he's more of a volume wide receiver at this point as well. He's not getting those deep uh, down the field targets. He did get a nice end zone look last week and just couldn't find it. But yep. yeah, I, don't get cute again here. And I, I'm with you guys. Start the running back, start your stud wide receivers and, Dude, drop Marquise Brown at this point. Like, come on. Like, I'd rather roster a second defense. Mike, I know you're out there hearing this somewhere, buddy. I know you're out there hearing this somewhere. Uh, speaking of Mike, his uh, his man crush here, Sam Howe or Jordan Love. How do we feel about it, Adam? Uh, you can't you can't knock what what, what Sam Howe has done here this yeah. season. Six straight quarterback one performances, eight of his last nine, and he's going up against a defense man that. 
just has kind of been getting cooked lately. But we saw uh, we saw Lamar Jackson go off against him last week. The week before, they were lit up a little bit by Joe Flacco. So how do we we make sense of this with Jordan Love also coming in a great matchup against Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, the way I would view this is um, actually just from the offensive side of the Rams, right? You look at the Rams' last three games. They put up over 30 points, pushing 40 points. Okay, so for me, I just see, I see it as the defense is beatable, and Sam Howell's been playing well, and I think the Rams' offense is going to make this game have to be more of a scoring game than necessarily the Bucks packers And, you know, Jordan Love was starting to prove me wrong, and he's actually played very well down the stretch um, these last six weeks total, but this, in particular last week, it was almost like this reverse course where we saw we took a little time machine. Like this last yeah, game was yeah. awful from him. Um, a lot of head scratching plays. I don't feel terrible about playing Jordan Love. He's actually been a pretty good warp option for for you in Superflex, but I'm just not sitting Sam Howe right now. I I don't think you need to. Is I guess the way um, I would view this. I know it's not like a a clear cut surefire answer, but yeah. for me it would be. I would play Sam Howe. Well, you're out of the elements. You're in controlled environments out there, and in, in SoFi as well. So. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely riding how I just think it's safer. Love might have a little bit more upside. So if you got like dumped on last night by Raiders defense and Devontae Adams or something, maybe I, yeah. I go love Eric. But I think other than that, I'm probably rocking Sam Howell. Yeah, I've I've got these two uh, one after the other on my rankings. Technically, I've got love ahead, but I, I might I might reevaluate that. Right. The the game environment should be more prone to scoring with uh, with this this Washington game. You know, I, I think what got me there originally is uh, these Packers, they generally score the ball through the air, right? Uh, Jordan Love is seventh in the league in touchdown rate. Um, so, you know, with with that and the, the, the injuries kind of mounting in their running back room, I think the touchdown upside is there. I think that's kind of the point that you're getting at um, yeah. with, you know, with, with someone who's trailing off of that Thursday night fireworks. But I mean, realistically, like volume is king in this game, and Howell is going to keep chucking it, um, and he's going to need to chuck it in this game environment. So I'll uh, I'll I'll probably be addressing my rankings after this show, um, and I'll I'll go with Howell here over Love. Okay, all right, we got J- JL in the chat saying IBT what? plus South hey. Harmon equals afternoon delight. What's up, JL? That's JL. a great that's a great <laughs> headshot. That's a great headshot in that. Yeah, photo. it is. JL and I just had a uh, JL and I just had a call this week, man. What's up, JL? How are you doing, dude? JL is a great. I, I love any time I get to spend with JL, man. Dude's got yeah. like. Adam, you got a big brain. Like JL's got probably your brain and I my brain put together. Yeah, man. He uh, He's it's funny. Uh, let me give you a little just. Yeah. Our, on our call, he was asking me questions, and I'm talking, 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 and then he'll give you he'll give you exactly what I said, nice and condensed and summarized <laughs> yeah. in about ten words, right? So it's like, man, why why don't I just shut up and let this dude talk? You know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, here we got another one from Dylan. He has a question about another league projected to win by 15, so not a gimme. Would you rather have this week in full PPR? Uh, he has Stroud, unfortunately. Will Levis against Houston. Tommy DeVito. Tommy Cutlets against New Orleans. Or Footsteps Flacco against Chicago. Or Zach the Milf Slayer Wilson. So quite the plethora of options, Eric. Uh, you know, all fun, all fun guys to ride with. Honestly, like you can all, you know, you're going down swinging either way. Like like with a character at quarterback. Which one's it going to be for you? I. Uh, think it's going to be will levis of the lot for me um you know does does a little bit with his legs which you know you you, you don't mind 
Um, you know, he he had that stretch of of kind of down games after he started out red hot. But even in those games, he was still chucking it, right? Like he was still well over 200, 250 air yards in a lot of those games. And this Texans defense is absolutely decimated, right? Like uh, Will Anderson is is not going to be playing Tevier Thomas, yeah. right? So like he should be able to largely do whatever he wants. Um, you know, the the upside's probably a little capped because I, I don't think you need more than probably like 16 points to win this game. Um, but I, I think a lot of that's going to come from the arm of Will Levis and I mean, you've you've got some you got some fringy options here, right? I know, I know, yeah. I know you're a, a Tommy Cutlets guy, yeah. Seth, but I I yeah. think I think you're uh, you're kind of throwing darts with with this QB call. You know, the thing about Tommy Cutlets, if you go him, like, can he keep it up in New Orleans, which is just a really hard environment to play in? That's like the, I think he can, and I would not be surprised if we're sitting here on 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 Tuesday night, Eric, laughing about you know, hey, we maybe we should have actually fired up Tommy DeVito. Listen to Seth a little earlier yeah. in the week, but you can laugh with, straight in my face. Yeah. <laughs> with that being said, it is the riskier play, Adam. Where do you lean? And just you know, a, a great cast of characters here for Dylan. So, um, th- this one, at least, what one thing I'll say about this, right? A lot of times, if you're going in the playoff game and you have one person that you either drafted or you say like this is a clear just name that. If I sit him over these cast of characters, I'd feel really stupid. You can't sit here and tell me any one of these guys for sure is like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to look back and be like, wow, what an idiot. Why didn't I play them, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, you get a super flex league this time of year with all the injuries. This is what you're going to have a pick from, right? Um, I, I'd say this. Flacco, for me, is definitely in consideration. It looks like a lot of rain that day. Um, so weather dependent, um, if, if it looks like it's – kind of clear not really mucky i'd probably play flacco he's been really good these last two weeks and the way they're playing um i can see a lot of these games where he gets guys running wide open for touchdowns kind of cheap points Mm -hmm. if that game looks bad um i could make a case for levis i could make a case for zach wilson but i'm actually going to play devito in the dome um i think all these guys have shown upside zach wilson is sneaky for me because he played so well last week in miami i know i know he's gonna probably be scoring points which makes you want to score too look at will levis last week how did he get there yeah. right <laughs> last two minutes of the game they get all those points so it, it's a tough call but for me i would lean flacco if the weather's good if you look at the weather and it looks really shitty i'd go to tommy devito okay i am i, I i'm scared of the the, the Bears defense, honestly, they've turned it on yeah, a little bit that's lately. What, that's what drew me away, too. So, I'm, yeah, I, I, I would say Tommy DeVito. Just go Tommy DeVito, bud. Have a day. You know, make, make yourself Tommy a little ravioli. And, yeah, yeah. Have, have a fucking day, my buddy. Uh, all right. Maybe uh, go watch it at Mom's, too, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, do some laundry <laughs> rally over there. Uh, what's going on, fellas, here from Poodala? Yeah, Dirk in the Yo. chat. Do, do I stick with Love this week or ride Russell Wilson in my super flex? Ooh. Adam, you're a big super flex guy. Yeah. Uh, I know you play a lot in those best ball super flexes as well, so you don't have to always make make this decision. But do you ride with Russell? I mean, damn, he's been consistent lately. Like, the upside's not always there. But against Detroit, they've been suspect at best as of late. Yeah, they have. Um, whew, this is another tough one, man. This comes down to, for me, like, you're looking at a pissed-off Detroit team. Um, And I I, I think, personally, I'm going to probably play Jordan Love here unless the elements are really bad. Um, I I like Russell Wilson quite a bit, but um, I I just feel like the Detroit team, when you look at them, typically, they have this – it's not like they're typically getting gaped week in and week out. They've had a couple games where they've really looked – 
like what the hell was that Detroit team, right? Yeah. I, a lot of times when they come off that game, they are um, <laughs> fired up and play a lot better. So that that's going to be the way I view it. But to your point, man, they've been exploitable. It's not like I'm going to say Russell Wilson's a bad play this week. Yeah, I, I think it's just a little bit safer with Jordan Love. I think a little more upside, too. Love the matchup. So I'll take it. It's in Green Bay. He, he's got the home uh, home crowd in his favor. Eric, any digression? No, another super annoying call. Uh, love Howell Wilson are exactly in a <laughs> right there. On my rankings. Yeah, man. These are good um, questions. Good questions. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if you want to make an argument for, for Wilson, like Detroit has been much more of a pass funnel, right? They're allowing the 10th most passing yards per game, whereas they've only given up like like 62 rushing yards per game um, down, down the stretch here, right? Um, Russell Wilson is surprisingly good under pressure. He's got the sixth highest passer rating when under pressure this year. Lions put a lot of pressure on. So like, it's a it's a solid environment for him overall. I just I think I think we've got a little bit of a safer floor with uh, with Jordan Love because I mean this this Denver team is very much so become run first. I think Russell Wilson's got his lowest yards per completion on the on his career this year, right? Like it's just dink and dunk, low yeah. volume. Like yeah, he's he's gonna have to score a couple of touchdowns to compete with Love or Howell. Yeah, and to to, to your point about the the ceiling and floor, right? Like Russell Wilson actually doesn't have that horrible of a floor, right? Um, he, he's been okay, but if you look at it, he's had two games, I'm sorry, three games where he's had three touchdowns. And by and large, he's getting a lot of these one and two touchdown games. Um, he's a lot more dink and dunk. So th- this, if you were to, if you were really going to use a tiebreaker, I would say if you are in the driver's seat, if you're coming off some of these Raiders games, you know, you could play Russell Wilson with a little more safety, but I think Jordan Love definitely has more upside and that's going to be the play I'd make nine times out of 10 here. All right, I love it. Dylan, I'll circle back to your Devin Singletary question here. Uh, when we get to our short thing, Sleepers of the Week, I'm going talk to talk about him. And then as we're talking about Jordan Love, can you go with him over Fields? Because I think I just like Fields' is rushing uh, floor a little bit more against Cleveland. I, I think he's going to kind of run all over them a little bit. So, uh, Adam, you're, are you, you're shaking your head. Are, are, you're with Fields or you're yeah, with Love? I'm with, I'm with Fields, okay. yeah. yeah. I, I mean – um, I will admit, you know, as a Cleveland guy, you, you go back and you think about his first start and uh, how Cleveland really got after him, and yeah. um, that's a, that's a that's a wild way. The defensive front four for Cleveland will make it um, difficult for the Bears' offense, but if you look about Fields and how he plays, like I kind of like it. There's going to be some possible turnovers in that scenario, and there's going to be some sacks. But what's going to happen? Pocket's going to break down. Place is not going to be there, and what the hell does Fields do? Take off and run. Um, going to get to the outside. Yeah, and there's also the opportunity for this game to have some, you know, heavy rain. So, run, run, run. Justin Fields, man, I'll take Justin Fields. Uh, like I'm, I'm okay with Love this this week, but when you get a guy that has the upside of uh, Justin Fields, there's no way I'm sitting him. And other part of this question, Eric, how do we feel about Komet over Waller if Waller's active? I know it's not a great matchup for for Komet, but you can't get away from him. that's getting too cute with Darren Waller. We haven't seen the guy play in forever. You know, he takes one snap, he could be off the field again. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I mean, look, like this is arguably one of the toughest matchups for for tight ends to face off against the the Cleveland Browns, but there there are just so many unknowns swirling around Darren Waller that you can in good faith click the button, right? Like if, if he's your only option, fine, right? But, like, we don't know what sort of shape he's going to be in. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. We don't know how well he grasps the, the playbook, missing so much time. We don't know what his, um, what his connection with Tommy Cutlets is, right? Like, yeah, there are yeah, just yeah. so many questions to where, like, 
you can't feel confident putting putting Waller in. So I'll, I'll go with Komet, even though he's in a tough spot. And if this is the same league, uh, I mean, if you have questions about tight ends ever, like one of the best ways for me to just go ahead and say I'm going to play you, even if it was closer than this one is, is the stack. You give me the stack and we're good. So that's yep. that's another thing for me. Great, great call out there. Uh, I'll take this one solo because I don't think it needs to be touched on right now a lot. But Justin Fields over to uh, here from George play. Mm-hmm. It's Justin Fields all day. We just chatted about him in the rushing upside here. Tua has been gross lately, man. Like he's been a, a bottom end quarterback two over the last like six to eight weeks. And it's the Jets, dude. Like, let's not get cute here. Like the Jets are fucking for real on that defense. So I'm not messing with it. Uh, Dylan in the chat saying, I think I'll make chicken cutlet for the show. Yeah. I like it. There let's we go. go. Um, and then uh, here we go. We got Ian need two rice flowers. Ty Chandler Swift. So mm. it's kind of the one we touched on earlier. Uh, Eric, I don't think adding Ty Chandler Swift would would take me away from Rice or Flowers at all. Not for me, no. Um, the Flowers and Rice are are bunched up right there with Swift. Swift is two spots behind them on my flex rankings. Um, so it, it would still be the the two pass catchers here. I, I do think Swift kind of has some sneaky upside, but obviously, yep. like the 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 lows have been pretty low recently and. Uh, I, I like how this week sets up both for Flowers and for Rice. Uh, here's a question for you, Adam. Uh, for the Flex non-PPR, Waddle, Jalen Warren, Ty Chandler, JSN, or Keaton Mitchell. So a lot of young, you know, promising players on here. Non-PPR, holy cow. That We don't get a lot of non-PPR <laughs> questions. That kind of changes my whole approach here. I, I like that too, like the uh, the actual wording of non-PPR, <laughs> not standard, you know? That, yeah. That, the, right. the, when you call it standard, you're being like – facetious to it that's not how standard leagues are right not it's non-ppr um yeah not the default i mean in non-ppr right you start thinking of all right let me play safer floor touches and a lot of times running backs will tend to weigh into the equation here yeah but when i look at these running backs like i don't see any true safe running backs here and even in non-ppr format so i think i'm gonna play waddle um i know it's up and down, but so is JSN. Waddle, though, at least right now with the Tyreek injury, um, whether, you know, how he's going to be. You saw last week where if Tyreek's not 100%, if he's not playing all the snaps, uh, Jalen Waddle becomes like Tyreek light as far as getting a lot of targets into his safety net. So I think in this format, I'm going to play Waddle with these guys, even though the running backs become more of a uh, conversation. Talk me out of fucking Jalen Warren for George here, because I don't think I, I like Eric. I think I like Jalen Warren here. Yes, I am a little biased. I wrote, uh, I, I read Bo McBrayer. He's on our staff. He does a, a hot takes article every week, and he's calling for 150 and two tutties from Jalen Warren here. The the Bengals or the the Colts have been such a good matchup for running backs as of late. It's a Saturday night game. Do we get a little Jalen Warren fireworks here? Non PPR, I'm interested, but. I, I I guess he gets a lot of his value in PPR. Damn it! Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now I'm talking myself out. No, of it. go ahead. You I, I I want I want someone else to talk you out of it, not yourself. Come what, on. What do you feel, Eric? How do you feel? I mean that that's exactly <clears throat> where I was going to start with the argument, right? Like so so much of Warren's value comes from him as a pass catcher, right? So if you yeah. want me to talk you out of it, I'll remind you that uh, the Steelers are not the best offense in the world, and that Warren specifically. Um, probably gets hurt more than anybody in this format, at least of the list. The you know the the decision for me goes to Waddle. I mean, of the of the lot, he's got 
the highest projected touchdown likelihood of them, right? Which it, it might be antiquated, but I kind of look at standard or non PPR leagues as like pretty close to touchdown only yeah. leagues. Um, and and Waddle definitely has the highest chance to score a touchdown this week. Yeah, l- let me help you too. Um, I'll give you something that most people don't want to hear when they talk about Jalen Warren, and I understand why. But there's a guy named Najee Harris, and not non PPR. He's going to take fifty to sixty percent of snaps. So yeah, with Jalen Warren, for example, you're talking about one fifty and two. It'd be it'd be awesome. I'm not saying he can't do it, but let's talk about three touchdowns he's had for the whole season. So yeah, like yeah. You, the upside for him really does come in a lot of times PPR formats where he could give you maybe 10 to 15 touches on the ground, possibly get in the end zone, and he's going to get five or six catches. So not saying he can't have a good week, but I think he's a little bit capped in this format for me where I'll play Waddle. Yeah, I I, I think I talked myself a little bit out of it there as well. And, you know, like we have seen running backs do very well. So like if you have Warren this week, it's not a bad idea. Like we saw what Joe Mixon and Chase Brown just did against the Colts the yep. week before. Derrick Henry was having a day. He gets hurt. Ty J. Spears start, starts having a day. It was kind of the breakout game for uh, Ramondre Stevenson about a month ago as well. So the Colts are like like definitely a, a team you should be targeting down the stretch here, George. But yeah, just go Waddle here. Make it safe. Keep keep it safe. He's going to see the field more. I agree with these gents. Um, <clears throat> Let's go ahead. Let's get to our sleepers and round out the show here, guys. Uh, Adam, I want to pass it over to you, man. Who All is right. someone uh, either you know back back end of the top thirty or so for wide receivers, running backs, or maybe outside the top fifteen uh, at quarterbacks or tight ends that, that you think could be a play here? Yeah, so I put it in the show sheet for you. You can take a peek. Um, it's interesting the conversation we just had going into my play here in the sleepers because if you look at it right. What do we know about the Colts? They've been extremely exploitable against the run. And what do you think about the Steelers? They have two running backs you want to use, and they have a backup quarterback in there that we've seen enough of, and we know it's not really passing upside with him. Now, you can make the case that the Colts are just not good against stopping the run, and that's definitely Mm -hmm. true. But if you're the Indianapolis Colts this week, what is everybody in the world on that defense got to be talking about this week? Let's make 10 beat us. Like, we yeah. are got to make Mitchell Trubisky throw the football some. I don't care what we have to do in the box. And I think the reality is, if you look at Deontay Johnson, um, he's actually been the last two weeks inside the top 15 at receiver. Um, now, granted, he scored some touchdowns, but I think with uh, so much focus on the run, Deontay Johnson um, could absolutely be a top 15 play again this week. I think that uh, Mitchell Trubisky also tends to, with his, the way he's going to throw the football, He's going to be get the ball to 18 fast, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. going to be another reason why uh, Deontay Johnson, for me, when you look at guys outside the top 30 this time of year, there's not a lot of really sexy plays there. But Deontay Johnson, for me, is one that's sneaky, I think. Ben Roethlisberger just called out this whole fucking offense, too, on his program earlier this week. So I think they're going to be ready to go. They're a little fired up because the GOAT's calling them out here, Eric. Uh, I'm about Deontay this week, honestly. Give me some Deontay and... You know the cornerbacks for the Colts, I think, a little bit more more than I do. So are, are they exploitable here, you think, on Sunday or Saturday? Excuse me. Yeah, we got Saturday football, boys. Let's Don't go. Don't forget, man. It's, it's Christmas best, time. We get the Saturday Best part games. of the year. But the, honestly, I, I kind of I missed that first COVID season when we would like randomly pop like a Wednesday game. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yes, every day, give me football. Um, look, I, I think we talked about this after uh, after their game last week. Deontay Johnson is easily the most desirable piece on this this Steelers offense and for the Colts in particular you can you can beat them up on on the perimeter with their receivers and Deontay Johnson 
he hasn't been running out of the slot nearly as much as we'd seen prior to this point in, in his career, right? So he, he should see plenty of routes in that softer exterior coverage against the Colts. Hell yeah. I'm going to be at a Christmas party for, for the latter half of this game. So like, I'm going to be buzzing. I'm hoping this is a good ass game. I'm hoping <laughs> going to have like two or three Celsius. It's going to be wild. Yeah, let's go. Baby. I mean, listen, we got the other crazy part guys is I'm, I'm we have the first two games again. All right. So we had two game uh, game Thursday with backup quarterbacks, plural playing <laughs> the first two games Saturday Holy. are backup quarterbacks oh. again. Like, it's crazy the amount of quarterback attrition this year. Absolutely wild. Six yeah. p- quarterbacks in a row, backups for the to start off the uh, playoffs. I think here. so. CJ Stroud's been ruled out, so Davis Mills will be the fifty sixth <clears throat> quarterback to start a game this year. Wow. We might see fifty seven this week too. It's just wild. It feels like everybody's getting a dose of what the Browns' life has been. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is Browns fan. Welcome, welcome to hell, baby. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Cleveland. I was, I was raised in the darkness. <laughs> Love that man. All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump you, Eric, because I'm excited about mine this week. And I again, I gotta apologize, folks. It's it's been a rough last week. I got on my shooter McGavin shit. I tried to shooter bounce shoot? back from a zero. I called my shot on Gabriel Davis, mm. <laughs> and that I'm gonna be honest that that article Google liked it. Got a little bit of run out there. The, the, the name Gabe Davis was trending, so. I apologize for anyone who listened to the show. I apologize for anyone who read that article and started Gabe Davis. I missed um, the playoffs because of you. You know that? <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go. Uh, no, so I'm going to go a little safer this week. We're firing up Devin Singletary. I know the offense. We don't know what to expect without C.J. Stroud. However, the one thing we do know, Dougie Mills likes to target running backs, targeting 24% of the time in 2022. That was second most in the league behind only Russell Wilson and Jay Herbo. No Tank Dell, no Nico Collins. Like this offense doesn't have a lot of good skill position players left. Like I would say that Singletary is the best guy out there, at least who's made plays for him this season. No Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, we had uh, Scott Engel on the show earlier this week, and he was talking about how without Jeffrey Simmons, this whole defense changes. Raheem Mostert went ham on him. Uh, A-Chan had a pretty nice game as well. I think Singletary is kind of a lock for me, at least for eight, nine points. And I think he could probably get you, if he has a good game, finds the end zone again, maybe 17, 18. So I like Devin Singletary this week. Eric, are you getting back in line with uh, your Texan brethren down there? Yeah, look, I mean, we had that one random week where Damian Pierce got a ton Yeah, of what the fuck then, was that? That was crazy. Yeah, it, literally <laughs> just, hit, yeah. just to piss off fantasy managers. But um, <laughs> last week, we saw Devin Singletary uh, take full control of this backfield again. And his his work as a pass catcher is really the thing to, to underscore here, right? Tennessee is ninth in the league, or they've allowed the ninth most yards per reception to running backs this year. So okay. we should see old... Uh, Old giraffe neck Davis Mills checking it down a plenty, and yes, at this point through uh, through two practice reports, Jeff- Jeffrey Simmons has yet to practice, so looking like the Titans will be without him this week. You firing him up? You firing up Singletary, Mike? Uh, I'm tell you right now, man. Here's what I'll say. Okay, um, there's the hot hand thing that you saw from Damian Pierce, but yeah, I the reality is this: what you guys are saying is being nice is code for. Davis Mills is not a guy that is good at playing quarterback and is not going to be pushing the ball downfield. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Shout Devin out. Singletary is the, the the back that's typically going to get the pass catching worse in the work in this offense. 
And I think he's looking at, even though there could be some more split backfield with Pierce, I think that he's going to get the majority of the touches, like that 60-40 type thing. Um, so give me give me Singletary in this matchup. Uh, I think the Houston Texans are not going to be someone that's throwing the football a lot, and if they do, it could be to the running back. Fantastic. He's a better fit in his offense, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you called that out real early in the season, Eric. So yeah, good on you. Had to hang, hang my tail between my leg on my Pierce call. <laughs> yeah. So, hey. did, so did Mike. And you know what? It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully that 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 stays true because this offense is going to look a lot different with Davis Mills, unfortunately, yeah. than yeah. with CJ Stroud. For real. Uh, Eric, round us out, man. Yeah, so I'm going to go to JSN for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he's at wide receiver 35 on the week. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles entering the week have allowed the most receiving yards to wide receivers this year. This is not the shutdown defense that helped them make a Super Bowl appearance last year. But specifically, there, there are a couple of converging forces that are that are really working in JSN's favor. His um, his his opportunity share has been increasing week over week. Last week in particular, he saw a twenty three percent target uh, target rate, thirty four percent the week prior. I mean, like they're they're getting him involved more and more in the offense. They're using him more on third and fourth down. I think this is a Seattle team that's probably going to be in third down fairly frequently. But more importantly, that that blow up week that we saw from JSN against the Cowboys a few weeks ago, that was against a defense that runs a ton of man coverage, as do the Philadelphia Eagles. So should be pretty close to a pop week for JSN for me. Yeah, and I think uh, to, to the point you just made, I, I really like this call. This would have been my call, but I saw on the, the show she already <laughs> had it, so I'm not going to you know make us double talk it. But I will say the point you just made, the opportunity share has gone up, the target share has gone up. Although I don't take Pete Carroll much at his word, he's talked about <laughs> yeah. how much um, he's going wants to focus on getting JSN the ball. And I think to your point on the Dallas game, I'll say this too. 11 targets, 7 catches, and we were robbed of a touchdown, right? Yeah. So, this is a guy that also has not had a touchdown since week, uh, what is it here, week eight. So I see um, upside for a touchdown in the game versus Philly as well. So definitely a great call here. I thought Gabe Davis against Philly was a great call last week too, and that that that, that didn't happen. But uh, yeah. we, we, we truck on either way. Um, let's get out of here with this one. I, I think I can, I can answer this pretty quickly. Randy wants to know if A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are out, would Patrick Taylor be a crazy start? His other options are Jerome Ford versus Chicago, who have been incredible as of late, or Chuba Hubbard against Atlanta, ranked second against RBs. This is getting too cute, man. It's getting too cute with Patrick Taylor. Like, I, I know what you're trying to do here, and like, like you're trying to play a guy who could potentially get all the volume. They're going to have other guys on the uh, on this team, too. They, they have uh, a couple guys that they've been hanging around the practice squad with Taylor most of the season, so... I'm expecting to see more of them. You can't, you can't get get crazy here. Like you got to go Chuba, or you got to go like Ford here. Just Chuba's getting a shit ton of volume, twenty plus touches the last couple of weeks. Ford, I, I don't love the matchup, but I mean, can you get away from him? He's been a running back too, like every fucking week. Um, any digression from you guys? Do you think this is a good play? None for me. No. Um, the 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 easiest way to think about it is that. Uh, neither AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones are ahead of either of Ford or Chuba Hubbard in my rankings this week, right? So yeah, the guy yeah, that same. hasn't been able to earn playing time over them, uh, suddenly getting that opportunity isn't going to vault him past where they are, right? So um, of the two, I'll I'll actually lean Chuba Hubbard 
Uh, shout out to Adams Browns. This defense is bananas. Browns, um, baby. So, you know, excuse me, uh, his Browns facing a uh, a very tough defense in the Bears, I should say. Yes. So I'll, I'll go with the the matchup. And, I mean, Chuba Hubbard's volume has been, been nuts, yeah. right? The Browns have been mixing in uh, old Kareem Hunt here and there, at least more than I would like to make this call. So I, I'll, I'm. Let me just say it this way: um, I'm not going to leave you out there in the loony bin, Randy. All right, I don't think you're crazy. Okay, don't let <laughs> these guys can, tell. Right? Don't don't exactly now. Crazy? No, it's not crazy. Okay, uh, let me just answer the question in the way it's worded. Now, the one thing about Jerome Ford is he's he's got a, this wrist, and I expect him to play, but we still got to keep our kind of eyes on that. I don't know if you're playing one of these guys or both. Like if these are your two running back options and Patrick Taylor is possibly sliding in for one, I think Ford is still probably the safer play. But if you tell me both of those running backs are out, Patrick Taylor's actually been efficient and look at what just happened with Zamir White, right? Sometimes the game of attrition just goes to a week of Patrick Taylor's going to get some volume and it's, it's at home. There are potential that Jordan loves playing well, they're running well. I don't think it's a crazy start. I do not think it's a crazy okay. start. I think it's sure. I think it's very much in reason over Ford potentially. But right now, you got to ask yourself the question: Are you willing to go down with the ship of looking crazy? Right? Are you willing to look crazy if you put Taylor and he doesn't do anything and Jerome Ford's safe yeah. in this fifteen to twenty four range? I'm perfectly fine shooting for the upside with Patrick Taylor if he's like the only that you feel healthy running back. But just remember, this is uh, winner go home. So uh, you got to have the balls to do it, right? Little uh, little tug on the nutsack, that's for sure. That's what type of play Patrick Taylor is here in week number 15. Guys, we appreciate all the support checking us out today with uh, all the content we have rolling here between the YouTube channel over at the website. Adam, thanks so much for hanging out with us as well, dude. Tell us where we can find you and best support you and the uh, South Harmon family. Of course, man. Um, you can find me on X. I still can't believe it's X uh, <laughs> at ATM4DChess. You can find me over there. Make sure you're typically, though, more than anything, checking us out on YouTube, on Spotify, our podcast feed, at South Harmon FF or at South Harmon Fantasy Football on YouTube. Um, listen, it's any time that you guys call up, man, um, unless I'm already, you know, doing something with Michael, even then I might you know, pivot. <laughs> Get him. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm here. So love, love, love coming on and chopping it up with you. Good to see JL and all the good people in the chat, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And dude, you guys definitely have to check out their their channel, man. It is so fucking good. Like, if you want the AMAs, if you want the the, the weekend recaps, you guys got like holograms, explosions over there. Like, the production level puts us to shame right now. So <laughs> we'll be, we'll be stepping it up here for 2024 to compete with these these guys. Um, so, so thank you, man. Thank you for uh, joining us again. We we always enjoy having you and Mike over here. Absolutely. Don't don't sell yourself short now. That that rave that rave transition. Don't <laughs> don't 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 sell it short, man. You know you got this there thing going go. over here. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate all the love, man. Honestly. Absolutely, Eric. Uh, tell us one more time where we can find your other ventures as well. Uh, everything rolls up into my Twitter. I will die on calling it the Twitter Hill, um, which is at Fantasy Nav. Uh, much like Adam, a lot of where you can find me is over on our YouTube channel. It is uh, Green Screens Media. We are breaking down college basketball three, four times a week. Uh, we will be live before the uh, the early slate lock on Saturday, going through the DraftKings slate, talking some of our best bets, talking some prize picks. So check us out over there, Green Screens Media, and tell the hoop heads in your life. 
<laughs> but listen, man, we're going to have to, when football season actually finishes, at least fantasy football season, we might have to link up, man. I played college ball, love looking at some of the Ooh. small schools. And uh, Here we go. I'm going yes, to start digging into that a little more. I used to, before doing a lot of content, really love betting the day-to-day basketball we, schedule. We, so. we broke down every conference in the land over the course of the offseason. We've been dialed in. It, there's, there's some good ball playing at those small schools. Adam knows. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. We got uh got Portland State, I believe, and San Diego facing off today. I I, I was reading that today in our best bets over there at Betting Pro. So you, t- you taking the Vikings or which one are you taking? I don't even know who is who in that one. I'm gonna be honest. Portland with State's you. the Vikes. Portland okay. The Vikes. I think that was the play that was recommended, but okay. I don't know it's fuck about shit play. when it comes to you know the, the, these smaller schools. But guys, make sure you're checking out Adam over at the South Harmon Institute of Technology, and make sure you're checking out Eric over there at Green Screens Media. And for me and all the fine people at IBT, subscribe to the channel, hang out with us again, and uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, guys, good luck in your fantasy football playoffs. And until next time, you know what to do. Keep it in between.